If you're a pastor, elder, deacon, nonprofit board member, or business owner, I need you to listen to this. K&K Furnishings needs to be on your shortlist. K&K Furnishings are committed to helping you find the right furnishings for your church or organization. These guys specialize in quality worship seating, welcome centers, cafes, nurseries, classrooms, as well as stage and podium furnishings. The two owners have over 70 years of combined pastoral experience, so not only will every transaction be handled with integrity and professionalism, but they have the experience to provide you with the perfect solutions for your furniture needs, and they absolutely understand your budget constraints and demands. K&K Furnishings are devoted to providing you quality pieces that save you money. They can do this because they don't have the overhead of a brick and mortar store and they have relationships with over 200 manufacturers nationwide. Look, we all know there's a lot of junk out there. K&K understands that many times bargains aren't true money savers. They end up costing you more in the long run. At K&K, they believe that quality furnishings don't have to be outrageously expensive. And here's the best part. K&K Furnishings sells nationally and can also provide in-person consultations in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. If you can't meet in person, they'd be happy to set up a Zoom consultation for you today. So whatever your next project is, whether it's your home office or your church sanctuary, K&K Furnishings is the only place you need to look. Go to www.kkfurnishings.com to see how they can help you or call 567-318-4520. That's www.kkfurnishings.com or call 567-318-4520 or click on the link in the description of this episode. K&K Furnishings, furnishing business, education, worship, and hospitality for the glory of God. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I got to tell you about Jacob's Supply. Jacob's Supply is the place you got to go for all of your material needs. These guys bring you construction supplies and appliances for up to 50% off retail price, all brand new. Your home builder needs some lumber? Jacob's Supply has you covered. You a deacon at your church and you're in charge of that next Narthex floor job? Jacob's Supply has got you. Heck, they got Cortec Luxury Vinyl Plank right now for $3.59 a square foot. Go look that stuff up at Lowe's or Home Depot, man. That stuff is selling for $7 to $8 a square Square foot. That's over 50% off retail. Even if you just have some home projects you're working on, Jacob Supply is the place for you. I just built an outdoor grilling area this spring for that old smoker and grill. Guess where I got the metal roof, lumber, and screws? Yeah, that's right, Jacob Supply. Looking for a fridge, stove, washer, dryer? They got them all, and their name brand. Samsung, Bosch, Frigidaire, all 20, 30, 40% off retail. Brand new and ready for you. Located in Temperance, Michigan, it's worth it to stop by even if you're a few hours away. And remember, Jacob Supply can ship products nationally too. So even if you're out of state, you gotta check them out. Follow them on Facebook at Jacob Supply or call them direct at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978. 0978. Remember, Jacob Supply, quality building materials at wholesale prices. And now, on to the show. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking. There it is, and we are back. It's just Greg in studio today, but we have a special guest. But before we do... Thank you so much for tuning into Dead Men Walking. Of course, based on Ephesians 2, we were once dead in our trespasses and sins, but now we've been raised to priestly places with Christ. Thank you, Lord. Guys, it's uh, been a great week. Usually Jason's in here with us. We do a little banter. We do a little news. We're going to get right into it on this episode, though, because we have a very special guest, someone I'm very excited about. One of those guys, if you've heard us talk about people who touch your life, even though you've never met them through their writings and through their um, even blog posts or the books that they write. And this is one of those guys. Um, He's a senior pastor of St. Andrew's Chapel in Sanford, Florida, chief publishing officer and teacher 
teaching fellow, excuse me, for Ligonier Ministries and editor of Table Talk Magazine. He's also the author of Why Do We Have Creeds, which is what we're going to be talking about today. It is Dr. Burke Parsons. Dr. Parsons, how are you, sir? I'm well, Greg. It's good to be with you and uh, truly an honor uh, to be on your podcast. So thank you for the invitation, brother. The honor is all ours. So uh, first of all, why don't we just get a little background on you, maybe for one or two minutes, let our listeners know what you're about, maybe some personal bio before we get into the good stuff. Absolutely. Sounds good. So tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe family, uh, what you've done in ministry, maybe some personal things that we might not know. Well, there's a lot, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure your, uh, your listeners don't want to uh, hear all of it, um, but uh, I'm a pretty typical guy. Um husband, uh, father, and um, I'm here actually uh, at our home uh, on the front porch. And um, I've been married now for about 22 years, and we have three wonderful kids. I love my wife uh, with all my heart. Um, I love my children uh, with everything in me. Um, I'm a pretty typical husband, pretty typical dad. Uh, We spend a lot of time together. And uh, we live in the country, so uh, we get to enjoy the beauty of, of trees and Mm. Uh, all that all that comes with uh, country living, and um, so we like a, a pretty simple a life as much as we can have it, and um, peaceful life as much as ministry will allow that. Um, but yeah, I um, I'm, I'm a pretty ordinary pastor when it comes right down to it. I, I've simply tried to be faithful to the stewardship and the calling um, that God has entrusted to me. Um, I don't have lots of ambitions to be anything or do anything great. I, I really just want to be faithful and uh, be a faithful shepherd to our people that uh, I have the honor of serving alongside of my associate pastors that I serve with and the elders that I have the privilege of serving alongside, um, the fine men and women and children of our congregation. So I really, really just want to sort of make it to the end faithfully. Um <laughs> And um, the ministry is, um, pastoral ministry is not easy, as um, I'm sure you can understand. Um, And um, striving to be faithful and to love the Lord and love His people well, um, and to hopefully finish out um, whatever years or months or days the Lord gives me is my hope. So um, I don't know if you have any other questions, but that's sort of a... a, a, maybe a, sh- a concise summary of, of no, that's, that's perfect. Uh, and you know, uh, bless you for just saying that too, about being a pastor and, and being a shepherd, uh, to the flock. I feel like sometimes we talk about it on this podcast a lot too, to where other things can get in the way when you're in ministry and when you are a shepherd and it feels like, uh, even in the Western Christian church, we have a lot of shepherds chasing other things. So I do appreciate you saying that, uh, for those of you who are just listening and not watching though you should see the serene setting and in the sound he's on the porch i hear the birds chirping in the background i'm going i think i i think we should make our studio outside for michigan summers i mean i'm jealous right now that i'm inside it's just a beautiful setting and i heard those birds chirping and i went oh my goodness i need to get back out uh, well uh, you know we're we're very similar Greg. i just saw, saw a hummingbird go by uh, yeah. but we i love the outdoors um we're both hunters i'm a I'm an mm. avid fisherman um yeah i love to be outside i love to be um in in god's beautiful creation amen uh, so you know we're we're, we're of similar ilk 
So let's get into it. Uh, we'll dive right in. So why do we have creeds, basics of faith series, Burke Parsons. This is a little uh, book, little pamphlet here that quick, quick read, easy read, but packed full of information. I would suggest you go out, take a look, find it on Amazon, thrift books, half.com, all those places. Um, it might even be at Ligonier. I'm not sure he can correct me if it's not, but um, first of all, let's get this out of the way. Why before we define everything, what was the reason for writing this informational book? Why did you see a need for that? Great question. Well, the reality of it is um, is that the publisher uh, asked me to write that. Um, it was uh, something that the director of publication for PNR uh, reached out to me and asked me to to write that book because he was concerned that uh, there really wasn't a good resource on the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really wrote that book more more apologetically in one sense as sort of to give a, an answer and an explanation mm-hmm. or reason for creeds. And uh, I've not really uh, spent a lot of time writing at this point in my life. I've, I've, I've sort of sought to wait till I'm older uh, and hopefully have some wisdom and experience to really begin writing um, more, uh, thoroughly, uh, various monographs and so on. Um, but this little book is something I, I, I did several years back. Um, and it really is for people who really don't know why we have creeds. Um, it, it's not written for people like you who know why we have creeds. Mm. Um, you know, I did, I didn't really understand what creeds and confessions were. Um, I remember going to my, I think it was my first or second Ligonier conference um, in, I think, 96 or 97. And I really couldn't afford any of the books. I couldn't even afford really the full conference. At that time, I could, uh, you could purchase just one session uh, at a Ligonier conference or two sessions, and that's all I could afford. Well, I was in the bookstore at the Ligonier National Conference, and I found this paperback book. And I think it was like $5, maybe 10 I forget. And... Uh, it was it was a book. It said on it, the Westminster Confession of Faith. Mm. Now I'd never heard of that. I, I didn't know what it was, um, but it was really the only thing I could afford. So I bought it and um, <laughs> I read it, and uh, it was one of the greatest things that I had ever read. Um, I never re- read anything that was so concise and so helpful, um, so thoughtful, so thorough. I didn't understand all of it. I didn't know if I agreed with all of it, um, but I, I just found it so helpful. And, and that was really my first encounter with uh, creeds and confessions. So um, I knew of the need for it, coming uh, really not being raised in the church and then uh, going into the Southern Baptist Church, uh, the one where I was, we really didn't talk about creeds or confessions. I never heard of the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, and certainly never heard of the Westminster standards. So, uh, but that's sort of the background. Uh, okay. and, uh, so I hope, I hope that that makes sense. No, it absolutely does make sense. So for someone listening right now who might not know, can we define what a creed or confession is? What is it at its very basic idea, a creed or confession? Well, very simply, um, you know, when we say creed, we're, we're really, um, speaking shorthand for a, a translation of a Latin word, which means I believe. And it's very important. And that's that's where we start in, in the book, because uh, a lot of people think, well, I don't need a creed. You know, I only, I only need my Bible. Um, I only need Jesus. Um, I don't need any creeds. I don't need any confessions. And that was probably my own mindset at one point, um, although I don't think I ever expressed that uh, as such. Um, I think 
many people think they don't have a creed. Uh, the reality of it is, is that everyone has a creed, mm. whether it's written down or not, whether it's spoken or not, everyone believes something. Um, you know, people say, well, I don't need a creed only. I have Jesus. Well, which Jesus do you believe in? And as soon as you begin to explain, of course, what you believe about Jesus is the moment you begin to profess your creed. Uh, so we all have a creed. We all have a, uh, we all have beliefs, but formally speaking, of course, creeds and confessions are, are written down documents. They've been carefully formulated by individuals or groups of individuals, and they have been uh, attested to throughout history by the church. Uh, again, that doesn't mean that every one of them is accurate. Uh, the creeds themselves, especially the Westminster Standards, tell us that, that councils do err. They, they make mistakes. They, uh, they enter into error. And so it's important that we, of course, understand that creeds and confessions are in no way to be held above Scripture. They are subordinate to Scripture. Mm. And it's, of course, the creeds and confessions themselves that tell us that and remind us of that. I will say that I do have uh, a, a concern that has been my concern for many years, that sometimes within certain traditions and certain churches, sometimes you get the feeling that certain ministers, pastors, even professors, academics, and scholars, sometimes you get the feeling that they actually do hold a creed or confession on a, on a, on a greater authority than Scripture. Now, of course, no one would admit that. Uh, everyone would deny that. But sometimes you get the feeling that to disagree in any way with uh, a confession that you are disagreeing with scripture itself. Um, and so I think we need to be very, very careful and always remember and always remind the church that creeds and confessions are subordinate to scripture. Scripture yeah. is the only infallible rule for faith and life. And uh, we always need to keep that in mind. Yeah. So in, in my, I'm going to agree with you there because I feel to the extreme, I've seen churches that just kind of throw out creeds and don't mention them and they, we don't really need them. We only have the Bible. Uh, sometimes I think they feel that it, it challenges the sufficiency of the Bible if we look to a creed. And then on the other end, like you said, you have some that where they see it supersedes the Bible and they almost, uh, you know, chase after those uh, b before what uh, scripture says. So there has to be um, biblical moderation there and how we use them. So that brings me to my second question. So we know what creeds are now. So why do we need them and what function or do they serve for believers? Well, that's a great question. And I know that you could give several answers to that as well, um, because there are, there are a multitude of answers to that question. I will say that one of the most helpful ways of considering creeds and confessions um, is, is to regard them like maps. Um, you know, I've done a, a good bit of hunting and backpacking and hiking over the years with friends and with uh, my kids and my family. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's very helpful uh, is to have maps. Uh, we all use maps. We use them every day. And, and what are they? Well, they're, they are essentially uh, trusted guides that have been given to us by those who've gone before us. Um, you know, when you're, when you're backpacking or, you know, more so when I'm on the water fishing, uh, having the water maps and, you know, where the shoals and embankments are and, you know, where you can get through and where, you know, where it's a dead end, very critical. I mean, quite frankly, you can save your life and you want to follow those maps. You want to follow what those who've gone before you have, have uh, uh, provided for you. And, um, you know, when, when backpacking, for instance, you need to know where the water sources are. 
you need to know where the pitfalls are. You need to know where, you know, there's very rocky terrain. You need to know where you need to take a break, where it's a good place to, to sleep for the night and so on. So, um, these these confessions and creeds that we have are given to us by our forefathers because they've traveled these paths before. They've they've, they've dealt with the problems. They've 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 had to uh, confront heresies of all sorts. And many of the early creeds, of course, as you know, were were written in the face uh, of heresy, confronting numerous heresies. And so those you know the words of those creeds are very very carefully chosen. And we do very well not to mess with them or, or trifle with them at all. Um, and so, really, we, we we want creeds and confessions if we're humble and if we're wise. I think that's sometimes uh, missed. I think sometimes uh, people who don't have creeds and confessions think that those who do hold uh, ardently and heartily to their creeds and confessions are arrogant and pompous and so on. Now, now we can certainly all act that way at times. I certainly can. Sure, but um, but the reality of it is, is we are we are going to these creeds and confessions because we know we need help. We know we need the aid of our faithful forefathers throughout history who have traversed these paths before and who have worked these things out. Not perfectly, mm-hmm. uh, but they've they've done it to a degree that we do very well to rely upon them and, and the work that they've done for us. Um, it, we need to add to them. We need to, uh, we need to, we, you know, there's a reason we, we still write. There's a reason we still have theologies coming out. There's a reason we, we need more. Uh, the, you know, the authors of the creeds and confessions knew very well that they were providing summary documents. And also a very important point that uh, my colleague and friend, uh, and still, of course, teacher Sinclair Ferguson has pointed out many times to his students is that uh, the confessions, by and large, uh, especially the Westminster Standards, not so much the Hutterberg Catechism and the Three Forms of Unity, but the, the Westminster Standards are documents that are written by large groups of churchmen, theologians, or divines, as we sometimes refer to them. And, and they gave to us statements and sections on doctrine uh, that that intentionally brought together all the varying sides and views uh, within those gatherings. And that's a very important point that we sometimes forget. Um, And so we are to have that same humility, care, thoughtfulness, and grace, even as we approach them, I think. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So playing off of your map analogy, uh, you know, we have different maps for different reasons, right? I'm not going to use a certain map if I'm out to sea or a certain map if I need topography or something like that. So playing off that analogy, if I'm a listener right now who has been in a church that has never mentioned creeds, or maybe I'm a newer believer and I'm not familiar with creeds and confessions, and and I say, I want to study creeds and confessions. I want to use that map, as you so eloquently said. Where where would you tell either a new believer or someone who's unfamiliar with creeds and confessions where do we start? We've got a lot of different ones throughout the years and centuries. What would be some foundational creeds and confessions to look at and use alongside as a guide for with Scripture? That's a great question, brother. Um, I, I think you have to start with the Apostles' Creed. Sure. Most people know the Apostles' Creed. Many people have memorized it, of course. Um, but you got to start there. And, and once you go from there, you really just need to walk through the early church creeds, sometimes referred to as the ecumenical creeds. Uh, but but the early church creeds, and, and there are many of them, 
uh, not just the, the 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 four major ones, but there are many from from early on. You know, need to read the uh, Athanasian Creed, and and then I think moving on to the Westminster Standards is a helpful place to begin. I think beginning with the Confession of Faith, and then going to the larger and shorter catechisms. Uh, some people suggest that it's better to start with Heidelberg Catechism or to start with the Westminster Shorter Catechism, but I think I think actually it's best to start with the Confession of Faith, and the reason is, is that the Confession of Faith begins squarely and thoroughly with the doctrine of Scripture, and it really lays the groundwork for, for what we believe when it comes to Scripture and its infallibility. So I think, I think really uh, for a good, careful, systematic uh, approach, uh, reading the confession slowly. Don't re- rush through it just to say you've read it, but to read through it slowly and to really appreciate the way in which things are worded. Um, and I think that's that's a, a great place to go. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we're going to round this out, but I also think uh, I want to ask you um, maybe one or two questions just for for my own satisfaction that doesn't have to do uh, with creeds exactly. And, and I would agree with you uh, on where to start with those creeds. I know, and just for people listening, uh, we homeschool and I have three under the age of 12. And this year we started working through the shorter Westminster Catechism uh, to where we memorize a question and answer, not the entire answer, but the, the shorter question and answer, one a day for that Monday through Friday. And I would encourage anyone listening who might feel overwhelmed by the information contained in some of these creeds and confessions that uh, I have three under 12 and they do just fine with memorization and and picking up those concepts and things like that. And don't be overwhelmed by that. Dive into those because they're such a beautiful thing. They point you back to the beauty of scripture, much like you were saying as well. Um, But I wanted to shift gears here as we put bookends on this episode. Um, I am a huge fan of Table Talk. Uh, I am a huge fan of Ligonier Ministries, as we talked about before we started recording. And people know if they've been listening on this podcast for any amount of time, uh, R.C. Sproul uh, really marked my life with his teachings, the professor as uh, he was so known. Uh, And how did you get involved with uh, Ligonier, with editing... uh, Table talk, and for those of those out there that don't know what that is, maybe just give a little thirty-second, one-minute overview of what that is and and uh, what the goal of table talk is. Because I'm very interested in that because it that that uh, periodical has been just a immense blessing to me and my family for years. Well, thanks, brother, and I appreciate your saying that. Um, it really does mean a lot. Um, of course, there's a tremendous team that's uh, that we work together on Table Talk, and a lot of very, very uh, fine people. Thomas Brewer um, and and all the editors are just dear friends and colleagues. And um, so, Table Talk is the monthly Bible study magazine of Ligonier Ministries, and um, been around a long time. And uh, I've had the great honor of serving uh, as uh, an editor of Table Talk now for I don't know how many years. Uh, I think since 2001, um, been serving on the staff of Table Talk. But, but really, really, <laughs> the story of how I got involved was really very simple. Um, I uh, I was in seminary, uh, starting seminary, um, and I didn't have much money. Um, thankfully, found a, a room on the back porch of. Uh, someone's house. And uh, it was uh, it was just an enclosed back porch. So the rain came and I could hear every every drop and sure. uh, pounding down an air conditioner, you know, in the window. And, uh, you know, I think I was paying 200 bucks a month to, to stay there. And I needed I needed another job. I just moved 
into the town and I found uh, a job uh, at Ligonier Ministries. Uh, I could work from six to 10 every night, go to school during the day and, uh, and work in the evenings. And uh, so it provided a, a good job for me. And time went on and um, just was promoted and brought into different um, parts of the ministry and um, just tried to work hard. But, you know, what, what's interesting um, is that every time I was promoted or every time I was given more work to do, uh, I was, you know, I was had a conversation uh, with my overseer or with RC saying, now listen, I'm, I believe, I believe I'm called to be a pastor and um, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be doing these things, but please understand I'm still in seminary. I had to work my way through seminary. It took me five years. Um, and, uh, but they got it and uh, they were grateful and it worked out. And uh, in 2001, I started working uh, at the church and uh, 2004, I was ordained and started preaching uh, alongside RC and when he was gone or sick or whatever. So um, just try to be faithful, brother. You know, I yeah. just tried to do my job well, love my family well, and, um, you know, never really, quite frankly, um, never really thought I'd be a, a good pastor. Didn't know if I'd make it as a pastor. I thought I was a little different, uh, maybe a little weird and a little strange. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I thought if I were a pastor somewhere, maybe Maybe it'd just be in a small country town and um, I could love the people and care for them and yeah. um, bury them, marry them. And uh, that's kind of what I, I had envisioned, quite frankly. And uh, I never really envisioned being a pastor of such a large congregation and being yeah. with Ligonier all these years. So anyhow, that's probably more than you wanted to hear, but that's sort of... <laughs> no, well, we like you. We think you're just just fine. So um, as we wrap up here, uh, do you want to throw out uh, any websites or if you're on social media where people can contact you or blog sites, go ahead and throw it out. Let the people know what you have going on. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I think that uh, probably the best best place for a lot of great resources is uh, ligonier.org. Uh, lots of great stuff. Table Talk Magazine uh, as well has great online articles, really a tremendous, tremendous uh, source for, for believers to go. So I'm on Twitter, but you know I don't want to do self-promotion. So, um, but Table Talk Magazine and Ligonier, two great places for, for great resources. A lot of them are free. So Awesome. Well, Dr. Parsons, we appreciate you being on today, being gracious with your time. And for those of you listening, make sure you check out Why Do We Have Creeds. You can still find it. It's still in print a little bit on a couple uh, a couple websites out there. Go ahead and Google it. Check it out. It's a great read. Very easy read. Um, good one to take with you when you're camping this year. When you're out at the lake, uh, you can get through it probably in a couple days. And uh just I, I, I encourage you to check that out because it's such an important issue to uh, from someone like me who grew up in church but didn't know anything about creeds or confessions. And then when you see those as a roadmap that reflect you back towards Christ and uh, Holy Scripture, it's such a beautiful thing. Guys, as always, we appreciate you listening to Dead Men Walking Podcast. You can find us at dmwpodcast.com, Dead Men Walking Podcast, anywhere on social media. We're on all the places, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and tell a friend. That's how we bring glory to God, by you sharing the podcast. As we grow, we want more people uh, to know who God is and God be glorified. Dr. Parsons, once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, brother. Good to be with you. Thank you. Yep. And as always, guys, God bless.
Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.